Yeah, it's like when you feel the wallow happening, like uh, eat a snack and then ask a friend (laughs) to hang out. Live, laugh, listen at your own risk. clack. Don't talk back. Talk back. (laughs) I can't handle it. I can't handle it right now. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, welcome (laughs) to At Your Own Risk, a survival comedy podcast hosted by us. I'm Dana Drew, and I am death obsessed, and I just (laughs) cannot stop thinking about our inevitable doom. And I'm Sarah Bassey, and I'm horrified of life's everyday trials and tribulations. And if you're new here, Dana and I trade off teaching each other and our listeners how to survive and maybe even thrive your wildest fears and uh, worst case scenarios. Yeah, well, Sarah helps us understand and overcome like daily anxieties or concepts that are overwhelming, and I attempt to help us understand and maybe prepare for actual life-threatening emergencies but today is sarah's day so hopefully we don't die (laughs) yeah it's not it's not a death day Uh, we wanted to keep things light because dana is finally back in la which is so exciting hell yeah um but we're still recording remotely because (laughs) we are a mess seriously um i don't know like What's wrong with both of us? Um, I think we, like, must have inherited some kind of, like, haunted relic because we're Uh, just falling apart physically, mentally, emotionally. Yep. I think you have a bone somewhere in your apartment. Oh, that's so true. And I definitely picked up a rock from somewhere that I shouldn't have. Yeah, I feel like you have, like, a haunted pair of cool pants, and I have, like, a haunted (laughs) skull in my house. Yeah, totally. Uh, That's super fitting. It's like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, but, like, worse. (laughs) (laughs) But more accurate. Let's be real. And the pants don't fit. No, they do not fit. And it makes me really upset. Like, too upset. So bad. But, yeah, to to catch everyone up... uh, I, if everyone remembers the lovely cat that I Panky. found on the street, Panky, uh, is a little garbage man <laughs> and and tries to steal my food uh, pretty regularly. And the other day, he stole a large slice of avocado oh my of my avocado toast, and I tried to chase him, and I tripped over my laptop cord and shattered my kneecap. Like, truly nuts. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Also, I've never had a cat, personally, who's like, food motivated or like food obsessed <laughs> and my my old roommate amanda her cat one of her cats is like food mo- like interested in human food it's just so weird to me to imagine a cat it's so wild that you, yeah like obviously the knee is the most biggest takeaway here i don't mean to distract <laughs> from that but like cats who want human food um also really up there for me on like what yeah no truly it is the most bizarre thing and I think like Joe and I were talking about it and I think it's because he was outside like I bet he was like foraging for food like I bet he was dumpster diving he was so. like in, in LA so avocado was like a big part of his <laughs> a diet. delicacy he also loves green juice and <laughs> yeah seriously he only eats gluten-free and doesn't yeah. eat carbs baby yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so uh what's the news on your knee any updates and that happened like a couple days ago yeah it was truly a couple days ago it's a miracle that we're here today <laughs> recording this podcast oh but god. no i i start physical therapy um and all that good Fuck. stuff but it's super it's a super big bummer and and it was your I bad f- knee right 
It was my already bad yeah, knee. Great. I mean, we might as well pile it on. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, plans haven't changed much. I still needed yeah. to do PT anyway, so. And you're just adding a few more bullet points into that appointment. Totally. Well, a- aging is fun. <laughs> Loving every moment of it. Absolutely. Love how you have to fall down and fully get hurt now. Yeah, that's, I mean, truly, I was like, how old am I that I tripped over my laptop cord? Like, this is really... It's obscene. <laughs> Falling down fully as an adult is like really jarring. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like you don't really just like completely fall on your ass as a grown up very often. Like you'll catch yourself or like trip like often. Yes. But like you don't like just totally eat shit without even remotely catching yourself <laughs> like really ever. And then when you do, it's like really I know. Unsettling. I feel like as a kid, like I immediately flash back to like sports right. or like when you flip off your bike. Totally. I was just like, I haven't planted like no. this, like fully <laughs> splayed out on the floor for like a long time. No, in so long. I know it's really unsettling. I remember walking a dog once and uh, she was really big. She's a great Dane. And she just like absolutely yanked me the fuck into <laughs> outer space. And it was like so alarming. I was like the whole day so rattled. I was like, I didn't even know what was happening before my like head was colliding with the earth. It's really nuts. And you can't remember anything before that either. <laughs> yeah. And then I like became powerful. It was really weird. Started seeing I the started glowing. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I have night vision now. Oh my god, speaking of special powers, it is fully spooky season. Oh my god, and I I tried to get Halloween decor. I went to Target last weekend when Aww. we first got here. Um, don't ever go to Target on the weekend. <laughs> Just like, if if you learn anything from this podcast, I want that to be what it is. Because um, I had like a maybe full-on panic attack while we were there. I like couldn't deal. It was so crowded. There like it was one of those multi-floor targets which oh, stresses me out yeah, like a city target um yeah city targets really blow yeah are you doing anything fun for spooky time i mean i i have all of these hopes and dreams I because know. it's like my favorite <laughs> season and yeah. i'm so i truly cannot stop i don't know what's wrong with me right now but i truly <laughs> cannot stop being jealous of everyone's fall stuff on the yeah, internet yeah that's such a good point yeah i feel like um this is my first fall in la your second right yeah um yeah it's really bizarre chris and i kind of like got the tail end of fall driving back it was like becoming a little bit like pretty in some areas but but not really like we didn't really hit a ton of it and yeah it's um it's it's serious like fomo yeah i feel like i was able to go home in october uh to the east coast and it was like peak leaf peeping season I was like living my best life but also like I feel like because it was the pandemic a lot of people weren't doing normal fall activities so I feel like last year I skipped being super stressed and missing the Mm -hmm. fall and now I like am so disoriented (laughs) to the time of year. That's such a good point. Yeah, I also don't feel like I did anything cool last fall um, while I was on the East Coast. So Ugh, yeah, no, it's really tough. It's like I want to be wearing a sweater more than anything. In fact, I'm wearing a sweatshirt right now and I'm sweating. <laughs> Just FYI, there's a bunch of men outside my apartment with power tools and it's not spooky season related. It is uh, 
landscaping related so if you hear that yeah totally I love this I love this segment of like uh what's the random noise you're gonna hear in the back of our recording like today I was telling Dana I bought a soda which I never do that's how you can gauge how depressed I am and and I was like if if it if it sizzles when it opens people can just shut the fuck up (laughs) I'm not recording with a snake like it's not It's the we fucking just need some soda. Pepper to get through the day, okay? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, so sad. But yeah, so like back to fall. I mean, I think uh, if anyone has any like LA recommendations on how to get into the spirit of the season, please hit me with it because I desperately I know, need it. And I feel like my biggest like issue with fall time is that I I love it, but I also have a lot of trouble like planning my life. Um, and so I'll like mm-hmm. have like a idea of things I want to do in mind, and then all of a sudden it's like January. Yeah. No, totally. Who are all these people that do stuff all the time? And like, how <laughs> yeah. is it happening? Yes, I would like whoever plans their life to just come pop on over here. Yeah, like just come pick me up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah tell me what time to be ready, and I'll just do it. <laughs> we'll figure something out. But I'm so glad you said that, and that. I'm not alone in this feeling because I think I often feel guilty about longing for things that I don't have instead of appreciating what I do have. So Yeah, that's such a good point. People are probably listening to us and they're like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) It is like 75 degrees and sunny right now. You need to They're like, shut up. We're going to be buried in snow shortly. Like, shut up. Give us fall. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But today, in honor of spooky season, we're going to be talking about the biggest fear of all. And that is the fear of missing out. And Dana, you mentioned it earlier, but we're going to be talking about the phenomenon of 2014's hottest meme, FOMO. (gasps) Oh my gosh, hell yeah. (laughs) So we can navigate our fall FOMO together. Yeah, it's F-F-O-M-O. Yeah, (laughs) FOMO. So if you listen to our podcast, and here you are listening to our podcast, you're well aware that we love our pets, which is why we are absolutely thrilled to be sponsored by Pretty Litter. Okay, so for real, Dana, Pretty Litter is an absolute game changer. Being a millennial, my apartment is pretty small, and now that I work from home, my space is extra important to me. So the smell from George's litter box can be like truly lethal (laughs) and mood altering to say the least but ever since Pretty Litter sent me a month's supply of their special formula it's like George doesn't even poop in the closet next to my desk (laughs) plus their formula is made to reduce litter dust and not aggravate allergies which we all know is a great way to avoid getting a life changing parasite as someone who is always fearing worst case scenarios and doing everything I can to prepare for them do you know what my favorite part of Pretty Litter is oh my gosh what your face right now I can't (laughs) so Pretty Litter actually actually changes colors to help detect early signs of potential illness in your cat. So like urinary tract infection, kidney issues, like the litter actually changes colors to let you know about this early on. Uh, And when I found that out, I was like, okay, so this litter was legit (laughs) made for George because like most cats, he's pretty famous for hiding that he's sick until it's really serious and ruins Sarah's life. And (laughs) uh, especially for male cats, UTIs can be really, really serious. And all of these issues can be predicted ahead of time if you use Pretty Litter. So 
They can help you save your pet's life or, at the very least, catch an illness before it, like, balloons into a major issue that costs you a small fortune at the emergency vet. Absolutely. And Dana, having the peace of mind that my litter is not only keeping our house clean and tidy, but also helping me keep an eye on George's health more closely, um, it just means the world to me. And did we mention that it ships for free to your doorstep and is somehow in a very lightweight, easy-to-store bag compared to other heavy, bulky cat litter bags? Like, I'm so sick of walking home from the grocery store with those boxes of kitty litter, and it feels like I'm cutting off my fingers. So it really can't get any better than this. Well, Sarah, it can get better, because Pretty Litter <laughs> is offering our listeners 20% off their first month's supply of Pretty Litter if you plug in our special code. And that code is A-Y-O-R at checkout. And not only will that change our listeners' lives, but it will also help support the pod. So what a win-win. Again, Use code AYOR at checkout for 20% off your first month of Pretty Litter today. Love you. We love you and your cats. Uh, bye. bye. So, before we get into FOMO's origins, Dana, do you have any uh, thoughts on FOMO? Like, what is FOMO to you? Have you experienced it? Do you have any memories of it growing up? Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like I, kind of what I was saying earlier, I mostly have FOMO in the sense of. Uh, envying other people's ability to like get their social lives in order or like have shit to do I I can barely handle like one activity let alone get a bunch of stuff crammed in there I don't remember it being like a huge issue for me growing up mostly because social media wasn't really a thing until I was in maybe college yes yeah I feel like I I have FOMO for things that I feel like I should be accomplishing or doing more so Mm. than I do like I, in a lot of ways, I have JOMO, joy of missing out. I feel like I I get really, like, stressed and overwhelmed and exhausted oh my by God. Uh, activities. So sometimes I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not fucking pumpkin picking right now. That sounds awful. That is so funny. But that's so interesting. Like, you have FOMO about, like, the big life things. But small things, you're like, I love that I'm home. What about you? I feel like you probably have some serious FOMO. I feel like I was a kid. I feel like I invented FOMO. <laughs> which I did not. But especially when it came to sports, like, those are all of my memories. Like, Mm -hmm. I was always worried I was going to make the best team or, like, Mm -hmm. my friends were going to be on Mm -hmm. a different team than me. And then it was funny that you mentioned college, too, because I feel like it really hit me in college, like, seeing all your friends from high school going to different colleges and feeling like I was having the worst time when in reality, like, everyone was having a horrible time. (laughs) And I think, like, on the surface level, I'd get really embarrassed about my FOMO. Mm -hmm. It does feel embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah, like, it can manifest in so many different ways and look like jealousy or, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not grateful, Mm -hmm. but in reality, it runs a lot deeper than that. Yeah, I think... A lot of my FOMO is more like curiosity or like uh, Mm. craving to have like the motivation to participate in that kind of thing. Or honestly, just like my like I feel like mental problems get in the way (laughs) of me doing like silly fun, like going and grabbing a drink last minute. I'm like, I would love to be the kind of person that's just like doing that. What is carefree? Like, I think that just means you don't have a neurodivergency. Yeah. Like, I'm the girl next door. My brain isn't broken. I know. I'm the girl next door. I'm literally always in my house next door. So that's what I'm up to. 
<laughs> but before we get into what FOMO means in today's world, I first want to start us off at the very beginning, like the big bang of FOMO, if you will. Hell yeah. So while you may know it as a quirky hashtag on Twitter or a meme on Reddit, the term actually made its first pre-acronym appearance in the mid-90s. So... Marketing strategist Dr. Dan Herman was the first known person to mention the fear of missing out in an article he wrote in the 2000s. Honestly, some sources that I found said it was written in 1996. Some said the early 2000s. So let's just say it was around that time. It was 9-11. Yeah, and people were wearing chokers. It's yeah. <laughs> um, and he had first seen these thought patterns surrounding the fear of missing out when he was doing focus groups on business and marketing strategies. So that's like his sweet spot. He's a business guy. He's a business bro. He started to pick up on these trends in terms of marketing. And he found that more often than not, there was a feeling of unease associated with failing to examine every possible option, especially Ugh. when making purchases. Yes. Like, I do this all the time. Yeah, we got it. We're going to do an episode on this because that's like for sure absolutely crippling part of our current life. (laughs) Absolutely. There's an amazing book, not to like derail the conversation, but Barry Schwartz wrote this book called The Paradox of Choice. I actually did my college thesis on it. It's brilliant and talks about this exact thing. Um, And I'll, I'll talk about him a little bit later as well. But I remembered I was picking out a bridesmaid's dress on a website and I literally went through every single page of dresses. After some quick math, I determined that I'd clicked through over 10 pages and around 600 dresses. And I found my dress on page one. I mean, honestly, 600 doesn't even sound like that many to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, this is I was reasonable. Like, oh, nice. That was a quick, quick find. Yeah, no, this like took forever. And I had like a tiered system where I wrote everything down. And then I had like a first choice, second choice, third. <laughs> and so this is exactly what Dr. Dan was talking about. So back in the early 2000s, he was really onto something. He saw the fear of missing out as a sociocultural phenomenon, as a motivation or something that helps you make decisions and as a personality factor in his studies. Um, He has this lovely chart (laughs) explaining the fear of missing out on his website. His website is really something i'm i'm not gonna roast my sources but his website no we love roasting our sources <laughs> it's a part of us now an integral part of this podcast oh my god it's like the 10 people that closely <laughs> listen to everything we say are gonna want to hear it it's literally it looks like it was built in the early 90s and it's got like nice. a black background yeah. so it looks like it's on the dark web It's like word art. Yeah, and his face is just a glowing, like, (laughs) clipped image in the corner. It's just, it's really something. So go go check that out. He has this lovely diagram on the site, and and we can post it on Instagram as well. But it basically shows the four phases of FOMO in terms of business and consumer culture. So you start out with many options available, followed by your perceived ability to exhaust those options, then your predictive Mm. imagination, and then lastly, you arrive at your fear of missing out so like call it buyer's remorse call it analysis paralysis you name it you got it and dan tied this feeling in with the fear of missing out 
And so that's Dan. So we got Dan over here in the mid-90s, early 2000s, thinking about the fear of missing out in terms of business and brand strategy. And then you have this guy over at Harvard. We really need women, like, coining terms. I'm, like, over-talking about these dudes. But we have this guy over at Harvard applying the fear of missing out to his observation of social patterns. And no, this guy is not Mark Zuckerberg. Thank God. (laughs) Rating hot women on campus and now owning. the earth yeah seriously but thankfully this guy's name is different it's patrick mcginnis and he gets all the credit for the acronym fomo so dan coined the term fear of missing out but patrick made it into an acronym and basically made it made it cool so oh my god people were like fear of missing out is too long i cannot be bothered yeah and patrick was like i go to harvard i know how to make an acronym so (laughs) he wrote an article for the school's magazine about fomo and it's this really satirical you can find it online it's this really satirical op-ed piece it's pretty short that outlines what a night out with his friends looked like and in this op-ed McGinnis describes how all of his besties at Harvard wanted to do everything and like could never pick what to do on a Friday night and they'd be bar hopping and going to multiple locations and try to pack in as much as possible there's even okay this is so funny there's even a note about them quote (laughs) ignoring the Killington ski house they'd rented for the winter because they were afraid of missing out on school shenanigans what wait what that must be so nice to rent a ski resort oh i forgot i rented that whole ski house oh bummer yeah i want to throw up wow. all over harvard yard <laughs> i went to school in cambridge for like two years and if this dude's friends are anything like the dudes i encountered at the owl then truly fuck them and then also yeah no i shit. stole library books every time i went to your parties ha <laughs> <laughs> Um, but McGinnis's friend group started using the acronym FOBO, F-O-B-O, which was fear of a better option to describe their weekend dilemmas. But in practice, they started to realize that it wasn't just fear of a better option. It was a larger, more all-encompassing anxiety, the idea being much more upsetting. It was the feeling that no matter where you were as a physical being, that you had already lost because there was likely something better going on. So he and his friend... I know, like how dark. I mean, I get um, it. But... I guess when you're studying at Harvard, it's like yeah. you're like, I need my brewski yeah, bad. <laughs> but he and his friends started to use FOMO to describe this larger feeling. And I think Patrick really wanted FOBO to happen. Like he even brought it up in a relatively recent interview. <laughs> It's like fetch and mean girls. It's just like never yeah, going to happen. Gretchen, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> Stop trying to make it happen. Stop trying to make Phobo happen. <laughs> also, every time I say Patrick, I, I think I'm talking about my cat. Pinky breaking your leg. I, I think FOMO kind of feels like what you ordered on Amazon and Phobo is what you got. Oh like <laughs> FOMO is definitely catchier. <laughs> FOBO sounds like a drunk clown does, at a kid's party. It sounds like party. something that you thought was going to be like fit on your counter, but actually it's like the size of a toothpick and you just pay $30 for it totally yeah I wonder um maybe you'll get into this but I also feel like for me a lot of times it's not like FOMO it's like FOLO like fear of being left out oh my god yes I'll, I'll be like envious of people I don't know doing stuff but like my FOMO more so comes from like when all of my friends who live closer together back home like hang out and mm-hmm. I'm not there and I'm like oh Yeah, it's like more of like an emotional longing kind of that we we miss a sign as FOMO. Yeah, it's not even just that there's like something better out there. It's like I know specifically I would be enjoying that, but I can't do it. 
You know what I mean? Yes, totally. No, I totally agree. I think that that absolutely falls into this category. It sounds like Patrick doesn't understand that since he could probably just hop in his like fucking jet or whatever the shit <laughs> and go hang out with his friends on the other coast. But yeah, dude doesn't travel by the MBTA. At yeah. All. <laughs> Oh, man. But when Patrick was asked where the idea for the op-ed and the feeling came from, he explained that the sociopolitical climate at the time created so much uneasiness that everyone wanted to live balls to the wall. So the industry he and his classmates were trying to break into, which was like business in the digital age, went full on bust. And on top of that, at the start of their MBA journey was 9-11. Oh, my God. I love a multi-mention of 9-11 in our podcast. Yes. FOMO is because of 9-11. 9-11, and I am sticking with that. <laughs> FOMO is literally to blame, oh and 9-11 is to blame for literally for everything. everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> FOMO is an inside job. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Wow. Okay, my stomach hurts. That was really funny. Um, wow. Um, but essentially, like, in all reality when you're faced with your own mortality and forced to think about something that heavy you decide then and there to live your life to the fullest yeah it was like a yolo fomo explosion totally like the intersection of yolo and fomo and i am not a psychologist or scientist or expert but i could definitely make an educated guess that over the next few years we're going to be experiencing a ton of fomo for the same exact reason so the pandemic caused so much much pain, fear, and uncertainty that we learned a lot about the fragility of life. So if I was a betting woman, people are going to YOLO and FOMO all over the place. Yeah, totally. I think we all have FOMO for like the before times. Yes. And we all want to YOLO, but we're terrified. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like And tired and poor (laughs) and just like can't. And depressed. Yeah. Yeah, I think A lot of these themes and trends really overlap with the idea of the YOLO economy. So if you haven't listened to our episode on the YOLO economy, go do that because I think that these really kind of are a bit of a Venn diagram. Um, So definitely do that. But as we wrap up the origin story of FOMO, what's really interesting to me is that Patrick was attending Harvard, having these thoughts about FOMO, spreading it all over campus, and he's operating at the same time Mark Zuckerberg is building and launching Facebook. So This idea of FOMO is born, and then social media just takes the world by storm, essentially creating the platforms by which we will all feel FOMO for, like, the rest of our lives. I was just going to say, Mark Zuckerberg was like, hold my beer, Patrick. I have some news for you. Yeah, he was like, huh, this article is really interesting. Um, I'm going to make How a, do I a make platform that exploits that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> but so what is FOMO in the modern world? Because the word FOMO is, is everywhere. It was officially added to the Oxford Dictionary in 2013 and was a meme sensation in 2014. I think it's a little less popular now. Like, it's probably aging me even talking about it so if gen z like has a better term please tell us because i don't know it it's probably like chair 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 whatever the fuck they're doing on tiktok (laughs) whatever yeet means maybe it's that exactly (laughs) but we've danced around uh this a bit in the intro here but dana what do you think is a modern day definition of fomo um i feel like it's um social media is ruining our brains (laughs) Uh, we're all like curating uh, a fake stupid thing. You can take a picture of your like cute cocktail and immediately make hundreds of people be like, oh, I wish I had that cocktail. 
And maybe it was gross. Yeah, maybe, maybe you had... barfed in the bathroom. Who knows? Who knows? And yeah, I feel like we just have like comparison at our fingertips um, in a really significant way. Yeah. A lot of it, I think, is internet based. And then a lot of it, I think, is just kind of feeling bad about yourself and your ability to make shit happen. Yeah, that's fun. absolutely. Or afford it. I feel like all oh, that's a big part of it. A too. thousand percent. Or like live in a place where there's like cool shit to do. No, you're totally spot on. And I wanted to share a definition from Urban Dictionary. Oh, great. Which is, you know, the real deal. FOMO, a noun. In evolutionary biology, an omnipresent anxiety (laughs) brought on by our cognitive ability to recognize potential opportunities. Example, the brothers had last slice FOMO as they stared at what was left of their pizza. What a weird sentence to choose. That didn't tell me what it means at all. The weirdest example, I was like, if this was not written by some frat bro. He's like, oh, dude, you know when I have FOMO? It's like when the last slice. Yeah, when I ate the slice and then I immediately was like, I wish that was on my tongue again. And you're like, what? That's not what that means at all. And then they kiss. (laughs) Yeah, and then they kiss and don't tell anyone about it. Patrick! (laughs) But I also feel like I need to share an actual definition from a medical professional. So here you. is an excerpt from an article on Very Well. Um, it's a much more modern interpretation. The article was done in 2021. So I think it's cool to look at it from a more modern lens than this like 2014 lens that we've been looking at it yeah, through. Totally. So it is the fear of missing out refers to the feeling or perception that others are having more fun, mm-hmm. living better lives, or experiencing better things than you are, which I feel like is exactly what you said. Yeah, Dana. that's like exactly what I was trying to say. <laughs> no, I, I think you really like nailed it. Yeah, it's like this kind of like inner feeling that like you're not you're not living your best life. Yeah. And it's all those fucking videos of those like skinny white girls getting yes. out of bed and making a coffee and with their like <laughs> sun drenched living rooms yes. and like simplistic white decor. Yeah, they're egg white walls. Totally. And then they do like a little tiny bit of yoga and then mm-hmm. they like read a book and you're like, no, you don't. You don't wake up in the morning and fucking read a book. <laughs> also, where'd you put that recorder when you were recorder? How old am I? Where'd you put that camera when you fucking recorded yourself getting out of bed? Everything is curated and stupid and bad. Anyway, totally. I've been like really especially mad about those videos lately. I think they just keep coming up in my life all the time. Yes. And I'm like, can everyone stop pretending that you wake up in the morning in any beautiful way? Absolutely. It's like you said, was your phone recording all night? Did you really? You've right. been up for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> You've been up for two hours. You took a shower. You got ready. You looked. You look cute for this. You put on your best sweatpants. Yep. And yeah, it's really nuts. Yeah. Who's not waking up in an absolute frantic way, or just sitting in bed on their phone for like a hundred years? I want to see someone do a realistic TikTok. Uh, maybe yeah. that's what we'll do for this week's TikTok. I think that's probably what we're gonna do. I think you just nailed Great. it. That's exactly what we're gonna do. <laughs> anyway, I don't know where that tangent <laughs> came from. Back to the topic. No, it's so true. It's like those POV videos are really horrible. And no. I think that this is a good segue into my next point, which is like FOMO is a huge spectrum. So regardless of like how small or how big the thing could be, like it could be something as small as those videos, um, it still feels the same. Mm-hmm. So it could be a small feeling like being jealous of cider donuts in the fall, like Dana and I were talking about at the uh-huh. top, or it could be as big as like missing out on a promotion or yeah. seeing everyone around you like 
like entering a new phase of Achieving life. Achieving something you want. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And it, it's just um, regardless of how big or small the perceived FOMO is, it's like that feeling is still the same. It's still that same like not in your stomach, that bit of envy, mm-hmm. jealousy. And it really is a blow to your self-esteem as well. Yeah. And you're so right what you were saying earlier about how like and then you get in your head about not being grateful for what you do have or like being too critical of yourself or your life or like not recognizing that everything online is curated and and it's like a whole spiral of like yeah you feel bad and then you feel bad for feeling bad and then you feel bad for feeling bad about feeling bad and then you're like and then you explode (laughs) yep and then you just pop and that's about it Yeah, but I think whenever I'm feeling crappy, I love to understand, like, why something happens. So why Mm -hmm. something is making me feel a certain way because I think understanding the why and really focusing on the source of the feeling um, and the cause of the feeling, you can start to recognize a pattern. And if you can recognize a pattern, you can break the cycle. You can maybe get out of it a little bit. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think the reframe is super helpful. But yeah, social media is our number one culprit. They found that FOMO isn't necessarily associated with a specific age or gender, but rather more directly correlated with smartphone users, which I found super interesting. Like, it's not surprising because gender is a construct, but like still phones are going to kill everyone. Gender is a construct, but our ultimate demise due to Facebook is not. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, Even Patrick saw that the phenomenon really began when texting started becoming a thing in the early 2000s. Like, I think you could text before then but like texting was a thing in like 2006 yeah like that's when it really gained steam i did like a quick google search and i think the first text was sent in the 90s but like from like probably from a ginormous computer computer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah but now people are texting and changing changing plans they're packing more than one event into an evening and it's all at your fingertips um with the uh evolution of texting and the development of social media especially things like snapchat and instagram highlights we're being conditioned to be addicted to watching random people we barely know having the time of their lives like yeah and addicted to like a documenting significant moments um, or like yep. looking at your Absolutely. life through the lens of like, how can I make this look cute? It's like, ugh. yeah, a thousand percent <laughs> gross. It's awful. And it like ruins your time trying to make it. I saw this TikTok that was actually really helpful on this kind of on topic, which was like, um, try to pay attention to how often you're like uh, impulse spending because you're trying to curate like yeah. a, a version of yourself for other people versus totally. impulse spending on things that you actually want. It is such a it's such a dark hole cuz once you start to think about all the things that you do and own and say that are a product of what someone else wants. Totally. Ooh. So that you're curating like FOMO for other people. It's like, wow, we're just doing this to each other. Absolutely. Yikes, yikes, yikes. And the, the biggest bummer about all of this is that FOMO is cyclical. So there have been studies that show that depression in young women and in anxiety in young men causes them to use social media more. And using social media more contributes to FOMO and higher stress rates, which contributes to more depression and anxiety. So we're in this constant loop of FOMO. Nice. Hell yeah. I mean, that sounds right. Yeah, I'm just I'm so hype about it. And since FOMO triggers more engagement on social media, many brand strategists have attempted to tap into FOMO as a marketing strategy. So we can use the lovely example of Fire Festival. First of all, (gasps) (laughs) if you haven't watched the documentary Fire, the greatest party that never happened on Netflix, 
Go do that immediately. Oh like, my god, there's also a really good one on Hulu. They basically yes. have the same thing, but yeah. they're honestly both really good. They're both so, so good, and like, don't do it right now because you're listening to our voices <laughs> in your ear holes, but like, do it later. Um, but actually, this is the first topic of conversation on our boy Patrick's Patrick's podcast that's called FOMO oh my Sapiens. God. Patrick has a podcast? Patrick has a podcast. Do I have a crush on Patrick? <laughs> you might. Um, I'm like starting to like Patrick throughout this. I hate that for me. Yeah, I think, uh, wow. Again, not going to roast my sources, but go listen to the first episode and, and oh, report back. I okay, don't know. We'll I see. hate him. No, I think I hate love him. <laughs> this man has no idea who I am. <laughs> Fire Festival was so fascinating because it's a real study in social media hype uh, being used to trick people into thinking they're about to experience a once-in-a-lifetime event that you couldn't miss yeah and like if you're not there you're gonna regret it i think it's like uh such a primal uh the feeling that companies tap into absolutely and the main takeaway here is that once you cognitively know that fomo is being packaged and sold to you it definitely changes your relationship with it it's not a phenomenon that's happening in your brain it's like something that has affected all of humanity for all of time and i'm not joking there are literally records of the concept of fomo in ancient texts so this is something that we perceive as a weakness but it's actually an exposed mechanism by which companies sell us their product Oh, I hate it. Wee. <laughs> so fun. But so now we're going to talk about how to survive it. Yes, so, please teach. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be great. We're going to make it out alive. So, now that we better understand why FOMO happens, we can chat through how to survive it because honestly, knowing the why is really helpful, but even sometimes you can be aware of something and it can still really mess with you. Like recognition is the first step and that's amazing but if you see all your friends out at brunch without you like you're gonna still feel icky sad sad yeah. yeah so sad um but the first thing you're gonna do is focus on gratitude and I really struggle with gratitude because I mm-hmm. know you can practice it but it's another thing entirely to like feel it yeah I have a lot of trouble with those concepts in general because I I can comprehend it. <laughs> yep. Like you said, but like mm-hmm. getting myself to genuinely feel it and like uh experience it um yeah. for a lot of things like that are is really really difficult. It's like a obviously it comes probably with practice and forcing yourself, but Yeah. Yeah, it's very I hope people can relate to that cuz I I think people are like, "Oh, I'm so grateful for this." And like, yeah. yeah. But also, like, not actively, which is (laughs) fucked up, um, but also normal. Yeah, I feel like gratitude is, like, a buzzword that's floating around. Um, I feel like every therapist I've talked to lately (laughs) says it. Um, But I think I've found success in what I am personally calling (laughs) actionable gratitude. So it's like, I don't do well when they're like sit down and write a list and it's like yeah I love my boyfriend I love my family I have an apartment Mm -hmm. um that doesn't do it for me um Mm -hmm. so what I've been doing lately is like actually seeking out human people and thanking them and telling them why I appreciate them that's sweet so it's like I do this at work all the time and people really appreciate it and I think it's like being selfishly selfless like people think you're being selfless when in reality it's making you feel better No, I actually, like, that's, like, I mean, it's so funny because that wasn't that kind of the OG idea behind our (laughs) podcast is, like, both of us really enjoy lifting other people up and not necessarily for the other people, but just because I feel like, what's my purpose on earth if not to 
do that. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's such a big part of it. I feel like for me, gratitude is possible in areas where I haven't had something and now I have it or something mm. like that. Like I am every day grateful that I don't have like an old job or an old boyfriend that I yeah. have, <laughs> oh my you know, gosh, like, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I'm so gra- glad that Chris does like brought me breakfast in bed this morning. Cause Aww. like how fucking lovely is that? And this person and this person would never fucking ever done it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I think like it's easy to compare like people or experiences or whatever um, and feel grateful in that way. But if you haven't ever not had it or, or that kind of thing. If I find that harder. Like I've never not had yeah. a home. So it's hard yes. for me to be like actively grateful for like the roof over my head, which is really fucked up. I should be. But like I, I think it's all like relative in some ways. Yeah. Um so Absolutely. yeah, I, I I really like the idea of like trying to focus more on the things that you can definitely be grateful on, like leaning into that. Yeah, absolutely. That I think that's all super valid and I definitely experience a lot of that too. Um and then this next tip is seeking out real connections. So meaning <laughs> when you're feeling FOMO, it can feel like a mix of loneliness and exclusion. Um, and while you're having those feelings, instead of shaming yourself for feeling lonely, you want to re- re- reframe the thought <laughs> to be like, this is an indication of something I want and need more of. Mm. So when you feel the feeling reach out to a friend and make a plan to hang out. Like, if you don't have a friend, see our episode on how to make friends. Ayo. Uh, Ayo. Uh, But when you make a concrete plan to hang out, you're no longer sitting on the sidelines. You're, like, doing something actionable. And I love that. Yeah, that's such a good point. I feel like I I often feel those things and don't do anything which also right. ultimately contributes to the cycle you're talking about where yeah I'm it's like, like when you feel the wallow happening like yeah. uh eat a snack and then ask a friend <laughs> to hang out <laughs> i need like a i need like a glowing sign in my house that says eat a snack and ask a friend to hang out Yep, exactly. That's the key to life. Um, But while we're on the reframe kick, reframe your FOMO thoughts into fuel to do something that you're excited about. So you could ask your friend to do something, um, but you could also just do something for you. So like take that energy and set an intention to go out there and see something new or try something new. Like Mm -hmm. open your calendar and put it in. Like do actually do it. Like reframe that feeling of, oh no, I'm being left out. I'm not doing anything cool and actively actually schedule something. something. Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, I, I also I, I find myself being like, oh, that I I have FOMO because I'm sitting on my couch watching a movie instead of out at a cool new restaurant. Mm-hmm. And um uh but do I want to be out there? Like, actually explore this feeling. Like, do I really want to be at the restaurant? No, I want to be on my couch watching this movie right now. So I should be enjoying the moment right now instead. Because what I'm actually feeling is that I feel bad that I don't want to be at that restaurant. Ah, uh, oh, that's interesting. So it's like your FOMO. I have, I have JOMO. I have my FOMO of JOMO. JOMO of FOMO. I don't know. I like, uh, yeah. I have FOMO of FOMO, I think yeah. maybe what I have. Or like, yeah, you have FOMO of the pe- the, the like personality traits of people yeah, rather that's than a, yeah, the that's action. Yeah, very good point. I Yeah, that's like such a good point. I yeah. think I have like FOMO of their ambition. <laughs> yeah, you're like, to... I'm feeling introverted and I have FOMO yeah. of these extroverts. Like, what the fuck yeah, are they doing? Absolutely. I want to be the type of person that could go out right now and not be like, I want to go home. 
Totally. And this is a great segue into the next tip, which is <laughs> you can't have it all and that's okay. <laughs> I really needed to hear this. I think uh, needs are finite while desires are infinite. Um, and there's oh my this. God. I know that like blew my mind. That like rocketed my world. But uh, <laughs> there's this preconceived notion that we need to have it all to be happy. And that is simply not the case. So we need to distinguish between what is absolutely necessary to your life and what is merely an external desire. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like figure out what your highest needs and priorities priorities are in life and choose that um the word decide actually comes from a latin root meaning to cut off so by choosing your priorities and deciding what is right for you we're able to cut out those fomo feelings and focus on what brings you a deeper sense of fulfillment i love that yeah Yeah, no that's such a good point i also think like uh if you're seeing somebody's like instagram story and they're at a party and you didn't get invited um uh I don't know. I feel like, did you do you actually want to go? If you do, like mm-hmm. maybe try to be better friends with those people so they invite you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, if you didn't want to go, maybe be glad that you weren't invited. Totally. Yeah, it's so wild. Like, I find myself doing that all the time where I'm like, oh, I wish I was there. And then I'm like, I don't want to be. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't want that. And I think I don't like, like them. Yeah. <laughs> that feeling is a good indication that you need to fix your feed, which is our mm. next tip. So the Hell algorithm yeah. is a powerful tool used by social media companies to push out content to your device that will interest you. So if you find that your feed is upsetting you, like certain accounts make you feel those FOMO feels, it's time to make a change. So my favorite thing to do is unfollow and mute people that no longer serve you i mute is like a glorious glorious button no i totally agree obviously like you want to be muting people whose feelings would be hurt if they noticed you weren't (laughs) following them but um yeah i i've spent the past few years like really purging um or trying to curate like uh the algorithm to show me stuff that doesn't bum me out um and but still incorporate things that i need to like work on as far as like activism goes or anything like that but but trying to like get out all of the people who are like i started this new diet mm-hmm. like all those people are absolutely missing from my feet at this point <laughs> yes, like, totally. I, for, for if you were to ask me no one's on a diet <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> based on my instagram right now um totally. so yeah i um I, I think like that's really valuable too it's like uh if 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 you're following like an influencer or somebody from college or some shit who's always in like Ibiza, like <laughs> fucking take that shit off your feed. You don't need that. You're not oh going gosh. there. Also, that... it's definitely hot and sticky and expensive. So yeah, they were sweaty the majority of the time. Yeah, totally. They didn't have a good time. But yeah, I totally agree with everything you just said. Like the algorithm is malleable. So give it feedback. Like the mm-hmm. if you see something you like, engage with that content. Tell the algorithm you want more of that. Like if it's yeah. a positive quote, an affirmation, a mm-hmm. feed like somebody's feed that you really like you need to give the algorithm feedback and you also need to cut out the things and flag the things that you don't like totally i'll also take a moment here to plug that you can also like um get like push notifications or alerts or whatever for certain accounts if when they post because a lot of times the algorithm will like not show you certain people like i know a lot of times like my stuff gets like tanks in Mm. engagement because like for example a few weeks ago i was posting a lot about like abortion bans and stuff and then all of a sudden my instagram just like no one was looking at anything and i was like fuck this place oh my Um, god but 
<laughs> but like um yeah a lot of accounts will like uh, they call it like shadow banned or it's just like not coming up in people's feeds as much like they're basically putting you in timeout um yeah. and if you have like alerts for accounts that you really like like you won't miss posts by them and you can like really really start ha- building a feed that stuff you really want to see um there's like a little like bell or some type of icon yes. on people's profiles yeah, it's a little so bell. like yeah so if like your best friend posts something and you want to see it like give a little put a little bell on your on them or like if there's like certain like influencers or accounts or brands or whatever that you really like and you don't want to miss out like go post uh put that on for their posts and and it's uh you can turn it off whenever but i find that really helpful for accounts that i really like that i feel like bring me joy and and help me feel better about life i love Um, that so much and this is your sign to go uh follow dana and follow um, and at follow your own risk Sarah and follow all of us and put those little bells on don't miss yep. a thing mm-hmm. um, but yeah totally I think like uh, you have a lot more power than people act like they do I don't yep. know the ins and outs of Facebook because I never ever go on there ever because um, it's scary but yeah it is it's it's terrifying. I went on the other day to buy, try to find a credenza or trying to find a credenza and I went on to go to Facebook marketplace and I got like sucked into my newsfeed and I was like everyone I know is getting married <laughs> I know it's truly shocking I mean the second and I turned like 27 I feel like I got all these targeted ads for like getting married and I was like this oh is absolutely disgusting. all I get I are this. ring ads right like That's what fuck off I'm like get out of my life stop <laughs> um but yeah I think while we're on the topic of social media this next tip is to share the bullshit too so social media yeah. has a tendency to show us only the perfectly curated iteration of someone's actual real life mm-hmm. I love and we've talked about this following accounts that are raw and real they share the BS along with a good Dana I think you do this really really well like I think you come across <laughs> as like a very real human person oh my gosh thank you and I am it, a real human person <laughs> and it has like really inspired me to be better about that and sharing things that are imperfect like little misfortunes or mistakes and blunders like mm. I think it makes you more vulnerable, more real and approachable, like fill your feed with those raw and unfiltered accounts because uh, it'll it'll encourage you to do the same. And it just makes it a safer space. Good point. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's always that old saying of like, you don't take pictures at funerals. Um, It's like, yeah, like we don't want to uh, commemorate and like uh, revel in like shitty times. Um, I think I... I think it comes naturally to me because my brain is more negative than positive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like easy for me to be that way. But I appreciate your compliment. Thank you very much. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I also think that's really important to me is to like uh, use my platform to not not pretend like everything's good. Um, yeah. And also like I love having a feed full of people like that. And I also think brands are starting to do this a lot too. Like brands are like, oh man, like... <laughs> People aren't buying our stuff. And then you're like, oh, I feel bad for this little shoe company. I'm going to look into them. And it's like uh, becoming a stupid marketing ploy. But uh, I yeah. think the normal people do it. It's great. I totally agree. And so that is a great segue. I keep saying that. Ugh, segue. I'm just alley-ooping just... you all over the place. Yeah, let's Volley, just... volley. Yeah, you set, I spike it. Right? That's how it works. Sound sports go. Tee tee me up and I'll shoot it down. Into oblivion. (laughs) Um, But the final tip to surviving FOMO is to just put your fucking phone down. Mm -hmm. We went through it earlier. Smartphone users are more prone to FOMO. So put it down. Working on reducing your screen time and working Mm -hmm. on mindfulness and being present in the moment is the way. 
Yeah. Um, the, truly the only way you can live your life to the fullest and overcome FOMO is to be present and practice mindfulness away from your device. So if you can engage in the environment around you and appreciate what is happening in the here and now, you're going to be going from FOMO to YOLO in no time. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. That's but so great. That... Uh, I, I guess I'll wrap up with a quote. I feel like that's always so corny, like I'm doing a graduation speech or something. But Well, you didn't start with a quote, so I think we're good. That's true. It wasn't we're like this on its Webster's head. Dictionary defines, yeah, defines friendship. Although as... I did do that in the middle part, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. It also doesn't count. <laughs> but anyway, I'll end with um, this quote that kind of hits you right in the feels. Uh, it's a it's a sick quote uh, by this <laughs> French... dope ass quote. It's a dope ass quote by this French political f- philosopher Montesquieu. Uh, oh, love me some Montesquieu. He said, "If one only wished to be happy, this could be easily accomplished. But we wish to be happier than other people." And this is always difficult, for we believe others to be happier than they are. Oh, my God. I know. And that really really hit me hard, because it's like, all we want in this world to be happy. For some reason, we want to be happier than other people, and we perceive other people to be happier than they are. So just try to ground yourself and, and remind yourself of what you got. That's totally true. Yeah, I have a lot. I have a much easier time looking at other people and being like, "Don't you know how good you have it?" Than I do yeah. myself doing that. <laughs> yeah. It also goes back to our nostalgia episode that you did. I feel like I even look back on my old self and I'm like, "Oh my god, if mm-hmm. only I was that happy." And like, was I? <laughs> have I ever yeah. been? <laughs> yeah. Like it's uh everything. Nothing's real. I know. I I totally agree. Like I I think. Going back to the nostalgia episode, I think it was you who was saying that. Well, yeah, it was you. Uh, we are the only <laughs> two people that do this podcast. podcast. <laughs> I'm cheating on you. No. Uh, but you said something like you imagine your younger self being like proud of where you are now. And I think that that is like a perfect way to overcome any sort of self-esteem issues associated Mm -hmm. with FOMO. Like it's like imagine where you are, what you're doing right now, even if you're not in the best of situations, like you're still alive, you're breathing, like get after it. You're fine. Yeah, totally. Um, But yeah, that's how you survive FOMO. But before I wrap up, I want to cite my sources for this episode. Up first, we have the lovely Dr. Dan Herman's piece called The Fear of Missing Out. Next, we have The Home of FOMO by Ben Schreckinger. The podcast FOMO Sapiens with Patrick, Dana's lover. Yep. How to Deal with FOMO in Your Life by Elizabeth Scott, medically reviewed by David Seussman. A Time article by Eric Barkett called This is the Best Way to Overcome Fear of Missing Out. Again, a science so direct- literal. <laughs> I know. Like, why are they sentences? Why like, is it a sentence? Sentences, yeah. Like, this segment is now going to be 10 minutes long because I'm just reading these, like, paragraph-long titles. No, Haven't they ever heard of, like, what's it called when it's, like, the title and then, like, the un undertitle yeah a subhead a subhead let's let's do that yeah like enough let's bring Uh, that back (laughs) yeah bring it back now (laughs) y'all next is a science direct study done by andrew k prabilski ku marayamab cody r dehonk and valerie gladwell a real thank you brady bunch (laughs) yeah thank you valerie for keeping it locked yeah um and then a psychology today article by linda and charlie bloom reviewed by matt huston and lastly we have the lovely urban dictionary in our fave 
Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Got, gotta love them. Shout out yeah. to our favorite sources, Urban Dictionary <laughs> and Wikipedia. Honestly, I, we're just sticking it to our high school teachers. That's all we're doing. All right. Well, um, stay tuned because I need to think of something that I am happy about. <laughs> Hi friends, Dana here, requesting listener stories from you, the listener. As you know, once a month, Sarah and I have our mini emergency episodes where we read write-ins from our listeners. And in order to do that, we kind of need write-ins from our listeners. Write-ins about risks you've taken, risks you want to take, and honestly, everything in between. And we know storytelling can be daunting, so if you need some help choosing a story, here are some write-ins we've gotten so far. Surviving a car accident, breaking up with a long-term partner and moving to a new city, Barely escaping a 9.0 earthquake, quitting your cushy job with benefits to pursue your dreams, losing a pet, and then they came back from the dead? You know, normal stuff. Even if you don't think you have a juicy story to tell, and trust me, you do, we'd still really love to hear from you. You can send us shoutouts for a friend, family, coworker, or honestly, we really want to know how much you're crushing it lately. To reach us, email at yourownriskthepod at gmail.com and write listener story in the subject line. But if it's easier because email's scary, you can also DM us on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at yourownriskthepod. And please include pronouns or any other important information that we definitely do not want to be messing up. Anyways, thanks so much for being here and supporting the podcast. We cannot wait to hear from you. Now back to the show. All right. Well, after much deliberation, I think I have something. Yeah, in the amount of an ad break <laughs> and surprisingly not a pee break, uh, Dana hey, thought of something she's she's proud of. Yeah, so we like to end our episodes, as you know, with uh, giving ourselves a pat on the back for something that we feel proud of lately. Um, a chance to be grateful and reflect, like yeah. Sarah would suggest. So, Sarah, actually, um, you suggested doing this thing where I'd make a big list of all the stupid oh. shit I have to do and then try to do, like, one thing a day or, like, as much as feels realistic. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing that this week, and I've actually had some progress, and I feel really good about it, so I want to say thank you. Oh, my God. And You're going to uh, make me cry. Uh, yeah, I um. I've, I've had some health problems this week that have been, like, thrown a wrench in, like, getting shit done, um, which has been frustrating because I really pictured, like, coming home and, like, hitting the ground running and getting my shit together, and instead I've felt, like, really disoriented and yeah. sick. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, that's been frustrating, but I have nevertheless <laughs> overcome to some extent and, like, done some big stupid chores that were really looming for me. Um, one of them was trying to get, like, a PCP figured out, which all that all fell apart, like, right before I left. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, just uh, dealing with the IRS, <laughs> which is this whole <laughs> fucking saga. Um, yeah, and I'm here that... to serve you. That's what yeah, this whole podcast perfect. is. Great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, like, have a lot of stupid, like, grown-up stuff to do that honestly like what's so overwhelming about all of it is it all just feels like it just develops into like a bigger chore than you even think it's gonna be yeah um and I just have a lot of anxiety about opening Pandora's box with those types of things so um but yeah I um bit the bullet and even if I'm disappointed by how things go I have done quite a few things on my list and I feel like I'm actually making progress so one I want to say thank you and then also (gasps) I'm proud of myself for like actually doing some things that I really don't want to do because that's been like very hard for me um, in my whole life but especially like through this bout of like depression and anxiety and just like everything's fucking a mess so yeah yeah so I feel proud of myself for like Uh, for that 
Yeah, I'm so proud of you too. Like I think uh, I was talking to someone about this yesterday, but going to the doctor can sometimes feel like you're yeah. opening a door to like a bunch of other things you're going to have to do. Yeah, really, exactly. It's like they give you this laundry list of shit to do and like then you have to go to a fucking physical therapist or like go to another doctor or get mm-hmm. this other thing and then insurance is like, we're not going to cover any of that and then you have to fight that and then it costs a bunch of money and then you have to drive all these places and like it's just, yeah, it's like... Or people just like don't give a shit and it's really disappointing and hurtful and scary um so yeah i think a lot of a lot of big things can feel that way and feel like you're just like fighting for no reason so i have a lot of trouble getting myself to do that shit because no so i totally agree and here we are (laughs) and mine is actually like in a similar category um because uh i started going to this amazing doctor um called Tia. There's a location in New York City and one in Los Angeles as well. And it's a whole health facility. And this is not an ad at all. This is literally something that um, one of my friends showed me in LA. And basically their approach is like completely holistic where they're looking at like your medical history, uh, Mm. your mental health, and then you can do like (laughs) acupuncture and like women's health exams and stuff like that. And it's all in one place. Um, And that sounds like kind of sketchy at first because you're like, how could they possibly be good at all this shit? But Mm -hmm. they are. Um, And I am so hyped because I actually found a therapist I really like through them. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, it took me like a really long time to find someone, Mm. um, not just through Tia because they give you several options so you can like test out new people there's no shame and like it not being a good fit but I also went through like five other people uh before that and I ended up finding this lovely lovely woman Judy um Judy is oh already God. changing the game Judy sounds like a therapist I know like I'm so hype I was like you're you're perfect this is it That's great um but she's already changing the game like I immediately already felt myself starting to breathe a little better but oh, I know we've been talking about about how we need to find therapists and um, and now I feel proud of finding one and I want to help other people find one um, and so we'll do an episode on it soon I think I've been wanting to do it for a while but it just didn't feel authentic uh, if I didn't mm-hmm. have one <laughs> um, totally. and so and it's like I mean it's it's one of those things, the few things that I really don't want to figure out yeah. um, and you also don't want to figure out because yeah. usually our balance here is that you look up all this stuff that I don't want to <laughs> look up and then you just tell me about it and it's yeah. not as scary. Yes. Um, but this this is something that freaks both of us out and we both feel bad about how we're handling it or how yep. difficult it is and, and just like thinking about it is a lot. Um, yeah. So I'm really proud of you. I Thank was you. so excited to see you like shared something on your Instagram about like enjoying it or something and I I was like that really made me happy um because i i actually the thing one of the things i did on my to-do list was ma- finally make an appointment at that mm. place because i lost my pcp over the summer and really yeah. need one and like need all of that stuff and i'm really jazzed and hope it works out for me as well because uh yeah i like the the concept of the approach being like individualistic and like actually giving a fuck versus like the just chain of Yes, Bullshit fuckery. That, that yeah. Well, and they <laughs> have access to like your medical shit too. So like, I'm talking to my therapist about something mm-hmm. that like I don't feel great about, and she can look up and be like, "Oh, like your thyroid's fucked," and yeah. be like, "Oh, we're gonna connect the dots here and figure out how to fix that because it can manifest as anxiety." You know, like these are totally. things that we should all be doing, and it's mm-hmm. just such an incredible approach. And I hope it works for you too. But. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
Keep going. Everyone's a fucking mess. Our proud of this week is that we're proud of you for listening to this podcast because being a conscious person is really hard. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and you're awake listening to us talk yeah. out of our mouths. You're a breathing human person with AirPods in your ear holes and you're yeah. listening to us go blah, 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 blah. blah. Oh, man. Um, and speaking of you guys, we really, really want to hear from you. We are... Um, our like listeners' stories are many emergencies that we do once a month. We are a little low in the tank on like uh, stories that would go well together. Uh, so if you don't mind writing us in about like a risk you're taking or want to take or near death experience, some great advice you want to share, some problems you're having right now that you don't know what to do about like honestly I feel like our podcast is really all-encompassing when it comes to listener yeah. write-ins. Um, and then specifically, if you're hearing this. Um, like the week it comes out this episode in October um we are doing a spooky spooky ooky episode um uh uh that might, actually we might be recording in a way that doesn't line up with this but I still want to hear them anyway so yeah, yeah, <laughs> we want to do uh, we want to do like a spooky episode so if you have anything Halloween related October related um like just anything uh spooky season related for a write-in we are all ears so uh mm-hmm. go ahead and email us at at your own risk the pod at gmail.com you can also dm us on instagram uh, at your own risk the pod um just mention it's a listener write in in the subject if you uh write an email uh, and as always you include like pronouns or pronunciations for anything we might mess up um uh, we definitely want to hear from you yes i can't wait i want like all the false stories i want like I how you almost died apple picking or something like <laughs> I, know, I, want, like, I want that so i know bad. you have them i yeah. know you have them. they're in there they're in there and we're gonna read them Mm-hmm. Um, but also a huge, huge shout out, as always, to Chris Karwaski for our theme song and for our editing help. You can find him and hire him for your needs at Chris Can Be Funny on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter. And you can also join our Patreon. Uh, Patreon is a monthly subscription for donating to the podcast to help us keep this train going. It's at www.patreon.com slash at your own risk the pod. You can join for as little as $3 a month. I cannot tell you how much of a difference this makes for us. Um, Mm -hmm. And as always, make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at at your own risk, the pod. And as always, please take a moment to leave a review, rate and subscribe. Tell your friends, you know, the drill. Come on, baby. Thanks for living, laughing and listening at your own risk. See See you next next Tuesday. Tuesday. Love Love you. you. Bye. Bye.